Welcome to HealthCast, the heartbeat of health IT. I'm your host, Melissa Harris. The National Institutes of Health have been one of the forefront federal organizations working to combat COVID-19, a virus that has challenged this country immensely over the past year plus. The disease has disproportionate mortality and health impacts for certain individuals, especially obese people and those with diabetes. And COVID-19 has also been found to lead to kidney failure. At the same time, the virus has also impacted communities of color and underserved populations disproportionately, a sign that COVID-19 is inflaming underlying issues in public health. I mention all of these because there's one NIH leader who's tackling all of these issues and is here today to illuminate how his institute is working to combat them. National Institute of Diabetes and Digestive Kidney Diseases Director, Dr. Griffin Rogers, is our guest today. Not only will he discuss NIDDK's work understanding and fighting COVID-19, but also about how NIDDK is working on some cutting-edge projects like rebuilding the kidney. We'll also see how Dr. Rogers is getting the Institute's work out there through some pretty strong communications efforts. He even has his own talk show. All right, Dr. Rogers, thank you for joining me today. Well, it's great to be here today. I wanted to start with some of NIDDK's research priorities. Although NIDDK has a number of research areas that affect hundreds of millions of people globally, which of these areas has been of particular notice or of recent heightened importance to you? I'd imagine that COVID-19 is top of mind. Well, thank you, Melissa. NIDDK supports and conducts research on some of the most chronic and common and costly and consequential diseases and conditions affecting people in this country. While all of our research areas are important, we've had a heightened sense of awareness of the diseases within our mission that put people at a higher risk of COVID-19 infections, such as obesity, diabetes, kidney diseases. These conditions are also major risk factors for COVID-19 severity. For example, Diabetes is associated with a greater than twofold increased risk of death and other adverse outcomes from COVID-19. And many of the diseases within our portfolio, as well as COVID-19, disproportionately affect people from minority groups and people in lower socioeconomic status groups, which has also increased our focus on the social determinants of health. NIDDK has been and very much continues to be firmly committed to research programs aimed at reducing health disparities and advancing health equity. COVID-19 crosscuts with areas of your institute's interest. How is your institute helping to understand, treat, and prevent COVID-19? Since the beginning of the pandemic, NIH has implemented a rigorous, coordinated response against COVID-19 by advancing research on the fundamental knowledge of the disease, detection and diagnosis, treatment, prevention, and health disparities. NIDDK has joined in these efforts in many ways. Here are just a few examples. NIDDK provides support for the rapid acceleration of diagnostics, underserved populations, abbreviated RADx-UP, a research program launched by NIH to speed up the development of accurate COVID-19 testing and makes this testing accessible to all, including people in underserved areas. Through special funding opportunities, NIDDK is encouraging new research that 
explores the pathways responsible for poor outcomes in COVID-19 due to conditions like diabetes and kidney disease, as well as research that helps us understand how COVID-19 infection results in damage to organs relevant to NIDDK. Such research could help people who develop post-acute COVID syndrome, often called long haulers, as well as address the social determinants of health that contribute to the increasing prevalence of metabolic diseases. And many researchers at NIDDK have pivoted their research activities to broadening understanding of SARS-CoV-2, ranging from fundamental studies of the virus and potential vaccine targets to clinical studies of viral detection, organ impact, and possible symptom prevention. For example, NIDDK investigators published findings early in the pandemic showing that simple speech may promote the spread of the virus, even from people who are asymptomatic, results that underscore the importance of mask wearing to stem the pandemic. You were talking about before how NIDDK has a number of areas of work around health disparities and ending them. You've committed with NIH Director Dr. Francis Collins to end systemic racism in biomedical research. What work have you done to reach these goals, and what further work needs to be done? Well, NIDDK has been working to advance diversity, equity, and inclusion for several decades. For example, through our many programs that provide training, support, and opportunities to students and new investigators from groups of underrepresented in biomedical research. Now, despite this progress that we've made, we know that there's much more work that remains, and we've committed to redoubling efforts to combat health disparities and increase workplace diversity. We've outlined uh, four major avenues to combat health disparities. One, redoubling our efforts to recruit diverse study cohorts, inclusive of those most effective. Two, and opening doors for young people from underrepresented groups through training, support, and inspiration to pursue research careers. Three, engaging clinical trial participants more broadly in the entire research enterprise, and also supporting research to identify the causes of health disparities. For example, the social determinants of health. Along those lines, what work are you doing to bridge your research to expand accessibility to care, which is a major issue that we're still grappling with these days? Well, as you may be aware, at NIH, our role is conducting research, not the provision of care per se. But that said, at NIDDK, one way we address health equity is by funding research that could transform access to evidence-based services, affordable screening for various diseases, and feasible treatment options that align with people's culture and values. This requires strong collaboration with communities, healthcare systems, and researchers. For example, the NIDDK supported Apollo study. Everything in government is an acronym, so Apollo stands for APOL-L1 Long-Term Kidney Transplant Outcome Network, is exploring how the APOL-L1 gene variants affect kidney transplantation with the goal of improving transplant outcome in both kidney donors and recipients. This study team has enlisted a community advisory committee of African Americans with kidney disease 
to ensure that the people in those communities most affected by the finding have a key role throughout the research process. NIDDK also supports eight diabetes translation research centers across the country to address health equity and prevention and intervention services and to foster the next generation of innovative diabetes research. The centers aim to translate research finding into practice to improve the health of people with and at risk for diabetes. Those are just two examples. Excellent. I'm sure that a lot of this work takes a lot of effort in communications and outreach to communities and trying to get in touch with the organizations you're trying to impact. So in that regard, information is power. How are you using technology and different communication strategies to arm people with the information to look after themselves better and to better reach people generally? Well, we always strive to reach people where they are and in ways in which they can easily access health information, whether it's through the radio or mobile-friendly websites or social media channels or, or simply calling or emailing us. I host a, a Healthy Moments program, which is a weekly radio episode where I provide listeners with reliable, science-based, healthy lifestyle tips and other important health information. We have over 60 million listeners each week tuning in to us on uh, stations nationwide in areas with the highest rates of conditions, uh, not only in NIDDK's mission, but in recent years, we partner with our sister institutes here at the uh, NIH to deliver an important message. Next month, for example, we'll be working uh, and having a segment with Dr. Tony Fauci on vaccine hesitancy for those in important populations who have yet to receive their COVID-19 vaccine. People can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, or subscribe to our NIDDK Director's Update newsletter to find more information. And then finally, our public outreach and health information is extensive and effective and our mobile website is actually one of the top three uh, websites accessed across the government. I was going to say, you have a fantastic radio voice, so it's pretty, pretty <laughs> great that you run a, a radio show. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. My wife says that I have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So I also want to piggyback off of the technology aspect and can you go into the role that health IT plays into determining kidney health outcomes? Well, increasingly, NIDDK is integrating big data tools and analysis to help optimize and accelerate research in our mission areas. One example is the NIDDK's Kidney Precision Medicine Project, which aims to understand human kidney disease by creating an unprecedented database to help uncover diagnosis, and develop new treatments and cures. This is a very ambitious project and requires a new approach, not just medical records and blood and urine samples, but kidney biopsies ethically obtained from altruistic research participants with both acute and chronic uh, kidney diseases. These analyses will generate data to find disease pathways and key cells, 
define disease subgroups, devise individualized treatments, and improve the scientific knowledge base, thereby improving the drug development pipeline. And this is really unprecedented. Ultimately, we envision that this research will find new markers and treatment targets that will make personalized, effective, safe treatment possible for individuals with kidney disease. In a sense, getting the right drug to the right person at the right time. Going off the role of health IT as well, can you go into how health technologies play a critical role in clinical trials and population health management? Well, technology advances are making it possible for us to address fundamental questions about health once impossible to tackle, you know, refractory. For example, these tools allow us to sift vast quantities of data and samples from thousands of participants in our environmental determinants of diabetes of the young study, better known by the acronym TEDDY. This approach will allow us to identify even fairly subtle environmental and biological factors that distinguish children at high risk who go on to develop type 1 diabetes from those who also are at risk but who do not go on to develop. So that one day we may be able to prevent many cases of type 1 diabetes in this manner. In addition, a project that we have called the Accelerating Medicine Partnership in Type 2 Diabetes, or AMP Type 2D, is an open resource that allows researchers to access data and perform analysis on genetic variations contributing to diabetes with the goal of identifying potential therapeutic targets and disease precursors. The program created what's called a Type 2 Diabetes Knowledge Portal by building a database of DNA sequences, functional genomic and epigenomic and clinical data from Type 2 diabetes studies with cardiac and renal complications data from hundreds of thousands of people, not only in the U.S., but around the world. And these, this project, this knowledge portal, is already providing a, a lot of return on our investment. You were touching upon the role of data a little bit there, and it can be pretty key for many emerging areas in health, like personalized medicine. How are you starting to look at genetic versus environmental data and health factors to personalize both preventative medicine for better health outcomes and then to treat health conditions? Well, the NIH launched the Precision Medicine Initiative with the long-term goal of identifying personalized maximally effective treatments based upon individual variabilities in genes, environment, and lifestyle. And to that end, the NIH All of Us program is gathering data from at least 1 million volunteers who will reflect our nation's rich diversity. Now, one aspect that excites us about the All of Us and other big data tools is their potential to provide novel insights about diabetes on a unprecedented scale, for example, to learn why some people develop diabetes complications or respond to various treatments while others do not. As well, a very recently added component of all of us is the Nutrition for Precision Health program, which will explore how people respond to different diets 
by studying the interactions between diet, genes, protein, the microbiome, metabolism, and other factors. And high-quality nutrition studies such as this one will help individuals and their healthcare providers create healthy, precise, and effective diet plans. We know that people respond quite differently to the different types of diets that we hear a lot about. And what this program envisions is taking people's genes, their metabolism, their environment, and other factors into consideration, and under control feeding experiments, determining which of those eating plans is best for them. Lastly, what is coming down in your pipeline next at NIDDK? What are some of your moonshot initiatives, and what do you think is generally in store for the future? Well, we have um, you know a number of initiatives that are ongoing, all related to uh, and taking advantage of this concept of precision health. I've uh, focused on a few of them related to diabetes, for example, the Teddy study, the type two diabetes uh, efforts, all of which will be addressing personalized uh, components and making sure that we can either prevent the disease or better treat the disease on a more individualized uh, fashion. I talked a little bit about the kidney precision medicine program where we're actually redefining the nature of certain diseases and reclassifying them, which we think will provide new avenues for potential therapies in this regard, more precision-based, personalized therapies. One area that I didn't talk about, which really is a, I would consider it to be a a moon shot, is our efforts in rebuilding the kidney. You know uh, that there are 37 million Americans who have elements of chronic kidney disease, and a good number of them, several hundred thousand, develop end-stage kidney disease requiring either dialysis or a kidney transplant in order to uh, remain alive. What this rebuilding the kidney effort is all about is using the tools of regenerative medicine to allow that kidney, albeit non-functional, to serve as um, a shell, in a sense, or a structure under which we can begin a little at a time to re-differentiate some of the remaining cells to ultimately rebuild a, a functioning kidney, thereby alleviating the need for dialysis or for uh, a transplantation in this group. And then finally, in our GI division, therapies more targeted at inflammatory bowel diseases like ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease or efforts to regenerate aspects of the liver that has been damaged by a variety of environmental insults. All of these sort of uh, fall under that category of regenerative medicine, and we're very excited about these efforts as well. And so this is what the future holds. And with uh, ongoing uh, research by very talented investigators, we think that the future really looks quite bright. Certainly. As someone who, you know, has had a couple people in my life who have had severe kidney issues, I really appreciate the work that you and your 
Institute are doing. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks again for having me. And I, I hope that your listeners enjoy this segment as much as I have. HealthCast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to governmentciomedia.com slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, let us know by leaving a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. HealthCast is produced by Amy Kluber, hosted by Melissa Harris and Adam Patterson. If you're interested in sponsoring a podcast, contact us at sponsor at governmentcio.com.